we are in a, a series right now called Holy Habits, and uh, we talked about prayer, the importance of reading your Bible, and today we're going to talk about uh, the discipline of fasting and the power that it can have in your life. And before we do that, I do just want to say, you know, as a congregation, you know, uh, thank you guys for uh, just, you know, when we have people that are struggling with sickness or when there is uh, passing on to heaven, you know, whatever the issues are, thank you, congregation, that we are a church uh, that reaches out, that calls, that texts, that shows up. Um, we want to continue to just be that overwhelming love uh, to families in any kind of need, you know. And um, to the Patelikis and the Benjamins, we love you. And it was difficult, uh, you know, there's a spot missing, you know, and uh, we know she's in heaven uh, along with all the other saints uh, who are healed and whole. But on this side of heaven, we deal, we grieve. And um, I'm so thankful, again, for family. I'm so thankful for church family. I'm thankful for the Holy Spirit and his written word. Uh, that's where we get our comfort, right? As we process here on the earth still, we're all still here. We have a purpose. We got breath in our lungs. Until God calls you home, we've got a purpose. Amen. So let's just pray as we get into the scripture today, as we talk about some of these practical things uh, with fasting. Let's just open our hearts to the Lord. So Father, uh, thank you, Jesus, just for who you are, Lord. We really do praise you for you are worthy. There is no other name above your name. And God, we recognize you today as King of kings and Lord of lords. We thank you, God, that you are in control of everything. You hold our world, the literal world, the literal universe in your hands. And Lord, we ask, God, that you would just continue to speak to us today. God, as we open up our scripture and as we look at your word, I pray, God, that you will just illuminate truth. You'll open our eyes and our hearts to what you are speaking to each of us today individually. Father, we thank you that your love is so special for each of us. And God, you want to speak to each one of us something today. And so, Lord, we pray that we'll be open, that we'll listen, we'll be attentive to what we're hearing you say today. God, we thank you for our written word our tangible Jesus, the presence of God that's living and active. God, we thank you that we can download that into our heart and our soul, and it will transform our mind and the way we think and the way we love. Lord, we thank you, God, that you haven't left us here without the power of the Holy Spirit and the power of the written word so that we're not alone. We thank you, Jesus, that you are the friend that sticks closer than any brother. So, Lord... Be with us in these next few moments. We thank you, Father, in your precious name. Amen. Amen. So we're going to talk about the power of fasting. Oh, um, for those of you that are joining with us uh, in this process, whether you fasted one day or one meal or whether you're fasting social media or, you know, video games, you know, there's all kinds of ways to um, stop doing something so that you can focus more on, on the Lord. And I'm hoping that as you're doing that, and there's still time, we still have a whole nother week. So if you haven't, you know, done it yet, boy, jump in for a meal, jump in for a day. And um, we've got some fasting guides. It's also on our, our Facebook page, as well as our Facebook group. Those will be there as resources to help you. But what is fasting, all right? I know sometimes you'll go in for a doctor's appointment and he'll say, you know, make sure you fast 
you know, don't eat or drink for 12 hours. So we understand some of that, right? The idea of fasting from that perspective. But we're going to talk about biblical fasting today. Um, so it's the voluntary, you know, abstaining from eating and drinking and other things that are hindering us for an extended period of time. Um, and eating and drinking can really represent anything in our, in our lives, anything that's holding you back from that relationship with Jesus. So here's a question for you. What do you consume in terms of social food, like social media, or intellectual food, spiritual food, or emotional food? Are any of those things distracting you from your relationship with God? Because even good things when done out of control or overwhelming, can be a bad thing? Are you relying on things that have nothing to do with God to get you through your day? I know that may seem like not a big deal, but it, it's a big deal. You may not even realize that you have an addiction to something. Now, again, it doesn't have to be drugs. Usually when we say addiction, we think, you know, the two heavy ones, right? Drugs and alcohol. But here's the deal. We can be addicted to things that aren't that, you know, massive or, you know, all kinds of things can be addictive. And when that becomes out of control, then Jesus is not the one that's in control of our lives. Does that make sense? And for me, that, and I know I've shared this a few times, and I've been in this process, you know, the last couple of weeks of fasting sugar, um, sugary drinks especially, Dr. Pepper literally. Um, and I know, I, know that, I know that may seem like such a small thing, but you know, when we're talking about addictions, we don't realize sometimes that these things have power over our lives. I would wake up in the morning and literally, like before I'm thinking about Jesus and time, I'm like, I need to go get a cold Dr. Pepper with ice. Um, and, and you know what I'm saying? Like those kinds of things, kinds of things, whatever that is for you, for you it might be different, might be something completely else, but it can become controlling in your life. It can become overwhelming and not even healthy. Like for mine, you know, sugary things, that's not healthy for our life, right? And I've tried many times <laughs> in the past. I've fasted it before. And, um, but sometimes we have to keep at it. We have to keep doing it until we get the breakthrough, right? We pray and we fast. We trust the Lord until the breakthrough comes. And I'll tell you guys, I'm walking in faith. I've got another week, but I'm going to, like, I'm feeling breakthrough. I'm feeling like that no longer has control over my life. And here's the thing, as, as simple as that is for me, whatever it is in your life that's the addiction, God knows, so it's not like you're hiding it, you know? You might hide it from other people. But God ultimately knows, and he doesn't want us to live that way. We don't need to leave, live chained up, bound up, right? He wants us to be free, unhinged, unbound up, so that we can serve him, so that we can love him. All right? So whatever your fast needs to be about, ask the Lord. He'll show you. He'll tell you. What is, what is that? What is that that's just really controlling you, where God's not really in control? And when he shows you, boy, Obey, obey and then walk it out. <laughs> so I'm, I'm certainly thankful. There's power when we obey the Lord. There's power when we abstain from whatever that is. Amen? <laughs> so fasting really does reveal what controls you. You see, we cover up what's inside of us with food and other good things. 
right? We try to cover things. But when, when in fasting, these kinds of things come to the surface. All of a sudden, when you're fasting and you're going without whatever you used to use to cope or deal with, all of a sudden, now you're looking in the mirror going, it's just me and my stuff, you know? I got, you know, I can't numb it. I can't, you know, there's reality I'm dealing with, right? And that's why, it's, that's the power of that, the fasting, because it removes all the scaffolding, all the things we put around us to coat ourselves so that we're still feeling good. And God wants to remove that so that he can heal it, so he can break those things in your life, so you don't have to walk around bound up. Amen? So the goal with fasting, when we, when we talk about that discipline, when we're doing it as a corporate church, we're having our staff and our board and, and anybody else that's joining us, what is the goal? Well, the goal is to encounter God. It really is. That is the big main goal, that we are encountering God individually and then corporately. He must increase, I must decrease. That is the purpose. We live in a me, me, you know, world. You know, it's all about selfies. It's all about me. And so that is countercultural, counter to anything that we know, right? It's all about us. But when we're talking about giving up things, we're denying ourselves. We're laying it down for the betterment of what God's wanting us to do. In John chapter 3, verse 30, it says this, and he must become greater, and I must become less. This was John the Baptist talking, you know, he was preparing the way for Jesus, and so he was, this was what he was saying at the moment. But this is for us. We, we must become less, and he must become greater. And in order to do that, we have to deny ourselves in those places, whatever that looks like for you. It's different for all of us. But don't you want to experience freedom? Aren't you tired of kind of carrying around some of the same old whatever, burden, heaviness, anxiety, depression, guilt, shame, addiction? You name it, right? We can all name it. Don't you, aren't you just tired? John 10.10 10 says that Jesus has come to give us life and life to the full. The enemy is the one that steals, kills, and destroys. We have a choice. We have a choice in the matter. There's power in fasting. If there's things that you've been carrying for a long time, and maybe you've even prayed, and it's not breaking, well, add the fasting in. And you'll, you'll see, we're going to talk about that. The power when we fast and pray. The things that break off in the spiritual. It's amazing. First Peter, oh, if you have your Bibles with you, whether you're on digital or in your um, you know, written Bible, turn with us to 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 13 through 16. It says this, so prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. Put all your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. So you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You don't know any better. You didn't know any better then, but you must be holy in everything that you do. For the scriptures say, you must be holy because I am holy. So it's talking about preparing our minds for action. Be self-controlled. Put our hope in the gracious salvation from Jesus. We must live as obedient children. 
Now, if you're a parent in the room, right, you want your kids to be obedient, but you know, that doesn't always happen, right? We're that, you know, we're the kids and God's our father, so we're not always obedient. The goal is that, but God's saying to us, live as obedient children. Don't slip, slip back into your old, old ways, but you must be holy in everything you do. Guys, we cannot do anything on our own to make ourselves holy. The Bible says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's where we all land. <laughs> We're all at the bottom of the cross in need of a Savior, in need of Jesus' forgiveness. It's his righteousness that we put on. It's his holiness that we wear, right? It's by his power. For the scriptures say, you must, must be holy because I am holy. We've lost some of that in the church world, in our culture. We've lost this pursuit of holiness, this hunger for holiness, the fear of the Lord. Not, not legalism, not thou shalt not, but we've really lost the fact that someday we will stand before the Lord, and he will, there will be an account for our life. We forget that sometimes. This earth, we're just passing through. We're only here for a little bit, just a vapor, just a mist, we're living here for eternity. What that's going to be like. It's a challenge for some of us. And I want to encourage us as a church to continue to pursue righteousness and holiness. I know it goes against culture. But we're, we want to be different. Christ has asked us to be different. To love different. To live different. To be holy as he is holy. It's okay to stand apart. Not in judgment. Not in pointing our fingers at others but because he's called us to be set apart. Amen? So as we're preparing for fasting, you need to prepare your heart. That's a big, that's a big part of it. Second Chronicles 7, 14 through 16, um, King Solomon was getting, building the temple that his son didn't get to do. <laughs> and in chapter 6, before we're going to read the scripture, He's praying a prayer of dedication over it all. And chapter 7 opens up. He's praying, and all of a sudden, there's fire and flashes from heaven. There's manifestations of the presence of God that's literally filling the temple. I don't know about you. When you read the Bible, do you envision? I was, I'm like envisioning that, the temple, and, you know, it's talking about these flashes and thunder, and it just, do you, do you envision that when you're reading scripture? Do you see those things? That's powerful. That's what God is wanting to do in our lives, through our lives. We're, we are seeing that more and more as we invite the Holy Spirit, right? We're open to what he's doing. We're making room for him, not only in our hearts and our lives, but in our services. When we meet together, we're making room for him to come in his power and his might, in his manifestations, right? To fill the temple, the temple, which is our heart, right? Sanctuary right here where we gather. And in verse 12, before we get to verse 14, the Lord appears to Solomon and he's hearing his prayers. God hears your prayers. Second Chronicles then 7.14 goes on to say this. And you guys know this scripture. It's very familiar. It says, then if, then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. And then this is the kicker. 
and turn from their wicked ways. Because you can't just humble yourself, pray, and seek your face and skip the, the turning from the wickedness part. We got to add that part in, that turning from sin, repenting, praying, fasting, help getting the strength to be able to overcome some of these sins and these hard things that we're dealing with. It says, then I, I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sins and restore their land. My eyes will be open and my ears attentive to every prayer made in this place. For I have chosen this temple and set it apart to be holy a place where my name will be honored forever. I will always watch over it, for it is dear to my heart. Man, if we can individualize that, right? We want to see God heal our land, right? Heal our community, heal our city, heal where we work, heal our family. We got to humble ourselves, we got to pray, we got to seek God, and then we all individually need to turn, ask the Lord to show us what are those things that we need to repent of ourselves. God's looking for a holy church without spot or wrinkle. That doesn't mean perfect. It means a direction that understands that Christ is the answer and that we are all sinners saved by grace. Amen. In the process of becoming holy, becoming like him. Are you with me today? Am I alone out there? <laughs> God will hear your prayers. Be willing to hear what God wants to say to you. Be willing to hear what he wants to change, what he wants to edit out of your life, what he wants to remove, what he wants to get rid of. Don't be afraid of that. Don't continue on sinning. When, when you know things are wrong, don't continue on that. Ask the Lord to help you. Talk to a brother or sister in Christ. The Bible says, confess our sins one to another so we can pray and be healed. There's power in that confession. So we have to prepare our motives as well. Ephesians 1, 3, in the NLT, it says this, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms, because we are united with Christ. Wow. Do you know how loved you are when you're united with Christ? When he's your father, do you get that? Can we pause for a moment right there? All praise to God the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed just perfect people, just good people, the ones that have it all figured out. No. Who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we're united with Christ. That's what we have access to. Are you tapping into it? Are you tapping into the spiritual blessings that are available to you because you're united in Christ? I don't know about you, but I want everything that God wants to pour out. Ron, you said it so beautifully. Whatever God wants to pour out on this church, in this community, over me as a pastor, over our team, our board, we want. We don't want to box God in. We don't want to say, you know what? No, there's not room for that. We want to get out of the way, humble ourselves. Jesus is coming back at some point for a, a spotless church. He's coming back, and we have loved ones that don't know Jesus. We've got neighbors that don't know Jesus. We've got people at our places that are work. They don't know Jesus. They don't know his love. They don't know his forgiveness. We have a mission. We have a purpose as a church to take 
unchanging love of Christ to an ever-changing world. And we're only going to do that by the power of the Holy Spirit and us getting on our face and in the word. Man, I love seeing all of you that are part of the online Bible reading. I know some of you are reading as long. You're doing different things. It's so great to be able to do it together. We're reading the word of God together, whether you're online or doing it on your own. There's power in that. We're praying together. We had a week of prayer. We're doing a fasting and prayer right now. Do you understand what's happening in the spirit realm? The stuff that's getting broke. And our families and our marriages in this community. The name of Jesus, the enemy has to flee. When we're binding the demonic powers, the devil's mad. He's mad. It's okay. I'm, I'm good. I'm ready to continue just to take more territory. Are you ready to take territory, this church, against the enemy? Are you tired of seeming like he wins sometimes? Whether it's in your own life, your own family, in our cities, our communities. We got to arm ourselves up. Ephesians 6 talks about putting on the armor of God. That's just not something we learn when we're in kids' church. It's for everyday battle. Because the enemy of our soul wants to take all of us out. He's looking for all the places, all those little cracks. One of my biggest prayers for my life has been, I want to heal so much where I disarm the enemy. Because when we heal, he doesn't have little trigger points. The more we heal and surrender our lives to the Lord, we disarm the enemy's ability to have any control in our lives. And that's just what I want. That's what I want for all of us. It's a process, of course, right? God wants us to live in freedom. We also have to, when we're fasting, prepare our schedule. We got to figure out what that's going to look like. Plan where you're going to meet with God. Remember, again, fasting is about communing with God, having that time with him, setting aside what you normally do to speak with him or to listen, to just listen to him. Journal in this season. When you fast, journal what the Lord's downloading, what he's saying to you. He wants to speak to us. Actually, he's always speaking to us. We're just not always listening or, or aware of what he's saying. Write down the miracles that you're seeing in your own life, the answers to prayer. Put those in a journal because then when you're discouraged or you're wondering, God, do you, do you even hear me? You can go back and now you have your own proof of God and what he's done. I have multiple journals from years of proof of answered prayers, of what God has done in my life. It didn't matter what anybody would say to me about who Jesus is, the word of God, none of it. It doesn't matter because I've had my own experiences. I know the truth of what God has done in my life and other people's life, and I have written proof. Nobody can take that. So when God's doing stuff, write that stuff down because you're going to need to be remembered. You're going to need to be reminded of it later on. Amen. So in our fasting guide, there's, there's multiple things that you can fast. You can do a complete fast. Um, I, have, I have never personally at this point done a 40-day like Jesus in the wilderness fast where he just drank water. I have not done that. Um, I've had other pastor friends. The pastor I, I grew up with in Illinois, um, he would do multiple 40-day fasts and incredible. Um, 
amazing and just what would happen in his life and, you know, the church and the ministries. Um, in those things, we always encourage people to go to the doctor. You know, if that, you feel like God's asking you to do that, check with your doctors with that because that's pretty uh, amazing. Um, and I haven't done that yet, but you can do a complete fast. Um, you can do a selective fast, which is, you know, just removing certain things from your diet. The Daniel fast, which is great, right? Fruits and vegetables, abstaining from meat. Um, again, it's all in, all in the guide. There's a partial fast, kind of like the Jewish fast, where you fast during specific meals or specific times. And there's something called like the soul fast, which I know some of you are doing. Fasting from media or video games or just online, TV, you know, that download of all that. Whatever it is, there's multiple options to be involved in fasting. I would encourage us to, to have a discipline of fasting in your own life. You know, we'll do it certain times corporately as a church, but as an individual Christ follower, it, you know, I would encourage you to ask the Lord, what does that look like? Is that a quarterly thing where you're going to incorporate that? Whatever that looks for you, like you, I would encourage you this year to, to add that in and to do more. There's multiple biblical examples of fasting, and, and we don't have time to go through every single one of them in the scriptures, but I would encourage you to do so at some point. Um, fasting was used in times of war. They would call fasts. It, fasting was used for courage and wisdom. We were at the story of Esther. She was needing God's wisdom on what to do, so she called for a time of fast. Fasting was in times of grief for spiritual recuperation. In Daniel, fasting was for mourning and the grief, for repentance. can be for ministry preparation, for ministry commissioning, and for spiritual discipline. So there's all kinds of ways throughout Scripture where fasting shows up. We see Jesus himself as well, 40 days in the desert, fasts before he's going to go and do what he's doing. There's an important part of fasting in our lives. Breakthrough comes when we fast and when we pray. There's power over the enemy. Oh. So turn with me to Mark chapter 9. And we're going to land the plane here, but we're going to read this account in Mark chapter 9, verses 17 through 29. Oh, this account of the young boy who was demon-possessed. And uh, I, I want us to just focus on this and read it because there's so much truth in here that relates to where we are. And I just actually watched this episode on the, the Chosen, too. So that was interesting. So Mark chapter 9, verse 17. Let's start there. And I'm going to be reading today from the New King, New King James Version. I got a newer Bible, and I'm loving it. So, all right. Verse 17 says, Then one of the crowd answered and said, Teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. And wherever it, whenever it seizes him, it throws him down, he foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. All right, so before this, Jesus had given the disciples the power to go and preach the word and uh, heal the sick and cast out demons, and they had done that before. But in this particular situation, this man had brought his son to the disciples, and they were not, at this moment, able to cast out this demon. Verse 19 says, He answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. And of course, this is Jesus talking. Then they brought him to him, and when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed, and he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. 
I love the power of Jesus <laughs> that at his very presence, what the, what the enemy, what the demons all around, like they can't even handle it. I love the visual. I know this is pretty like, this is like, you know, a movie, but it's, it's awesome to see the power that Jesus has, just his presence alone. He hasn't even done anything. He's just there. I love it. <laughs> uh, the spirit convulsed and fell on the ground and foaming at the mouth. So verse 21, so he asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And often he has thrown him into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. So he's asking Jesus if he can help him. If you can do anything, can you help? Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. What a word for us today. If you can believe, if I can believe, According to his will, then all things are possible to him who believes. Verse 24, immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. And then this is beautiful. Help my unbelief. If you're struggling with believing, ask the Lord to help you. And he will. He's not going to leave you. He's going to help you in the process as you're trusting him, as you're believing what his word says, as you're standing on the promises of God. Amen. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. Then the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly and came out of him, and he became as dead. So that many said, he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand, lifted it up, and he arose. And when he had come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? So he said to them, this kind can, not, can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. Jesus was trying to teach the disciples something here, that there, there are demonic powers, things that are going to have to have added spiritual power for that to be broken, for that to come out. The disciples didn't understand that at the time, so he was trying to teach them. Why can't we do it? Because there's a cost that comes. There's got to be some effort putting into having that spiritual victory. Fasting is that sacrifice, is that price that we pay. If you want to have more spiritual power in your life, it's going to come at a cost. You don't just get it by doing nothing, right? <laughs> so have you ever felt powerless in your life? like you're getting ran over by the enemy over and over and over again? You feel like you see the enemy at work and it's just not stopping? Then that's a call to fast and pray for whatever that is, whatever family member, whatever situation, whatever in your own life where you're feeling that it's just not getting broken. Fasting and prayer. The point is that the disciples had cast out other demons. It was just this particular one, and they were learning what it was going to take. <laughs> we're thankful that the good news was Jesus was coming off the mountain. He was just got back from being transfigured, and he came down and handled the situation because he was in full power and full might. He had done the sacrifice, the part of being able, plus he was Jesus Christ, so he could do that, <laughs> right? But we have, we have Jesus, 
We forget that that same power lives in us. It's not us. Boy, we can do nothing. Nothing. But the power of Jesus, the same power that raised Christ from the dead, lives in us. How are we operating? How are we living? Are we tapping into that, that power to defeat the enemy in your life, other people's lives? This kind, right? I, I want to talk about that just really quick. This kind is a lot of works of the enemy. There's lots of ways that can represent this kind. Let me just name a few, and these are not like 100%, but this kind can mean maybe for you it's bondage or a habit, an addiction that just seems like it won't break. This kind, maybe it is sickness or disease that wants to cling on and not let go, and you just need to fast and pray and continue to just break those things off. This kind can mean the hard-heartedness of a loved one, And as you pray, and as you fast, and as you declare health and healing, those things start to break off. This kind can mean a dry spiritual spell within a church or a community or even you as a person. This kind can maybe mean an attack on your finances or your marriage in some way or another that just keeps happening over and over and over I'm talking about situations in our life, spiritual battles that, ju- that ordinary prayer isn't tackling. And so we, we need the power <laughs> that comes from fasting, the power that comes from denying ourselves, getting really close with God, tearing away those things in our life so we can hear him. Because when we fast, boy, our ears <laughs> are very attuned. And we need to be attuned to the Holy Spirit. Amen. We can gain victory over whatever it is. You can gain victory over whatever it is in your life if you're willing to pay the price. If you're willing to add in spiritual disciplines, prayer, reading your Bible, fasting, all those things. We want, we want the freedom, but we don't want to sacrifice to get it. Like, you know, does that make sense? <laughs> Christ has given us all we need. Gaining spiritual power and an anointing that breaks the yokes and bondages of sin will cost you in prayer and fasting. What we need is more of God, more more of his power in our life. And the only way we get that is by humbling ourselves and seeking him. Amen. So worship team, if you'll come up. And we're going to just, as we're going to close today, we're going to go into just a little bit time of worship. And um, there's not going to be like a formal altar call, um, but I want to leave us with a challenge today. So if we just all stand to our feet, I encourage you, again, if you have not fasted at all, I encourage you to, to dip your toe in it. I know we all have things that are holding us back, things that are hindering us in our lives. And um, some of this kind will only be broken by prayer and fasting. And so I want to challenge us today, church. Uh, God wants us to live victorious. He wants us to be able to live in the power of his might. And we get that by sacrificing through prayer and through fasting, through denying ourselves. Amen. Carrying his cross for the glory of Jesus. And so as we go into prayer or some worship right now, 
I just want you to connect in with the Lord. Talk to him about your relationship with him. Talk to him about those things that are hindering you. Maybe you do have an addiction. Are you tired of it? Jesus is ready to come and free you of it. Are you dealing with anxiety, depression, just chaos? His peace, his love is here to break through those chains, those things that are keeping you bound. Name of Jesus, there's freedom. The devil has to flee at the very name of Jesus. His presence alone, they run. And so when we worship, there's things that break off in the spiritual realm. And so as we end today in worshiping together, whatever you need to break off today, whatever needs to come off in your life, as we worship in this moment, talk to the Lord, give it to him, and believe him for the power of overcoming that in the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen.